I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, all the coolest people in Milano are wearing these blue and yellow wristbands. So if you don't have one and you would like one, they're right here, okay? And what it says on it, International Church of Milan Today, Love and Serve. And it's to complement uh, the series that we're in on loving and serving the body. We're going to talk about gifts tonight. We're going to talk about gifts in the body. So I spent a lot of time, um, and I just want to thank the music people. I mean, y'all did a great job tonight, and, and uh, it's always great to have instrumentalists and people leading, and uh, we're thankful for the sound equipment, and uh, we're just thankful for, for your talents and using your, your gifts in this way, and, and I just want to thank Adam again for writing that song. Um, it's a beautiful song. It's just perfect for the series, and, and uh, it's really in my head now, so it's in my head now, so anyway. Uh, it's, it's bad. It's in my head. I can't get it out. Um, uh, but I, we're going to talk about gifts tonight. So I spent a lot of time this week thinking about the best gifts I've ever received. So when I ask you that question, what's the best gift you ever received? Does something come to your mind immediately? And as I thought about this, uh, two gifts came to my mind immediately. I didn't have to think twice about it. Both these gifts were given to me uh, as I was about to leave my 20-year business career at the age of 42 and go to seminary, okay? And it was in this time frame that these gifts were given to me. And I've shared with you before that when I left for seminary, it was both traumatic and exhilarating. It was both hard and easy all at the same time. And it was quite a challenge for me uh, spiritually to do that. And, uh, you know, I'd made up my mind. I was going to go to seminary. I was quitting my job, selling my house, liquidating everything I had. And, uh, but, you know, I, I still needed to be affirmed in that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I needed to be affirmed. And I had people who loved me, who were around me, and they were not affirming me. In fact, they were saying, we think you're crazy. What are you doing quitting that good job and going to seminary for? You know, you can serve the Lord right here in uh, church. And don't worry about that. Uh, you know, and they give me all these things. And, and, I, and I know they loved me, and I know they meant well, but they weren't affirming me. And so I was looking for affirmation in any, any place I could get it. And I got two gifts that affirmed me. And, I, and, and God touched me through these gifts. And they were awesome. My daughter Jordan and my uh, wife Karen, who then was my girlfriend. Um, as I started to go to seminary, my daughter was a senior in high school. And she'd been dancing from the age five. I spent like tons of money on the shoes and the goofy costumes and the lessons, you know, like I could have sent her to Harvard if I just had that money back. But uh, sent her, spent on this. She was a dancer. So as a senior, she was afforded the opportunity to, to choreograph her own solo dance. And of course, I was going to be at the recital, Karen, and I went to the recital. And as she starts to come out on stage, Karen hands me a card. And it's from Jordan. It has a little ballerina on it, right? You know, she's 18. She's beautiful. She's, she's floating out on stage, you know, like they float. You know how they do? She's floating out on stage in her little white costume, you know. And she's floating out there. And I look at this card. And it says, Dad, I love you. I'm so proud of you for answering God's call. This dance is for you. Now, of course, the tears were... <laughs> Before she even started, the tears were coming down. Man, I was getting touched by God, right? And so she starts to dance, and she danced to this uh, song by Cademan's Call. Some of you may be familiar with it. It's called There's a Stirring. And I love this song. Let me just share the words with you. She choreographed her dance to these songs, to, to these words which were uh, very, very sweet to me at that moment in my life. 
The song, the, the song goes, There's a stirring deep within me. Could it be my time has come? Is that His voice I am hearing? Come away, my precious one. Is He calling me? Is He calling me? I will rise up. I will rise up. And I will bow down and lay my crown at His wounded feet. And of course the tears were just you know, coming down. And I was just in awe of this gift because I knew how much work she had put into it, the creativity and the effort and the practice. And, but here's the thing that, that, really, that I really loved about it. It was, it was Jordan. It was her heart and she was showing it to me. She was affirming me. And it meant the world to me. And as I said to you, I felt God's touch in this gift. I felt God affirming me in, in, in the call that He had given me. And it met me at my need. I needed to be affirmed. I was starting to get a little shaky and I needed to be affirmed. And my daughter affirmed me. The second gift I got right at the same time was from Karen. And, uh, you know, it was hard for me to go away to seminary. We'd been dating for two years and I was going to go away. And I knew she wanted to get married. I knew she wanted me really bad. You know, she loved me really bad. You know, you know how it is, Steve. And John, you know how it is. But, but uh, she loved me, man. She wanted me bad. And, and, but, you know, the thing about Karen was she, she was my biggest cheerleader. She said, yes, you've got to go to seminary. You just what you need to do. You need to go to seminary. And I just loved her for that. And she heard me say it over and over and over. People would come by and wish me well. And, and, and they'd say, what can we do for you? I said, well, after about 90 days after I leave, send me a letter and encourage me. Because I'm going to need to be encouraged. And then about six months later, send me another letter. And then maybe in nine months, send me another letter. And... Uh, of course, she'd been hearing me say this all along. So at my official going away party, she hands me this package. And it's obviously a book. And I'm thinking, oh, man, it's a Greek New Testament. Or, or it's a, the works of Jonathan Edwards or something really cool, you know. And I knew it was a book. And so I opened it up. And it was this really ugly black book. It was really, really ugly. I guess it's people that sketch. Maybe they sketch in these books. It was really ugly. But as I thumbed through it, guess what it was? It was a book, a book of letters. Book of letters. You knew the answer. It was a book of letters. And it was from my parents and from my pastor and from my friends and from my bosses, from my co-workers, from my neighbors, from people on the street that I've never met. It was all these letters encouraging me. And I've got to tell you, man, I was so touched. And I've got to tell you, it helped me get through seminary. <laughs> there were many times I'd pull that book off the shelf and I would just read those letters. And they said, Jim, we know you're called of God. Jim, I want to encourage you. Stick it out. Go and finish and go with God. And I read those letters over and over and over. And it touched me so much. And I want you to know why these letters stood out to me and why these, both of these gifts stood out to me. Because it, it, the, these, these gifts contain the heart of the giver. And this is what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. As you bring your gift to this church, it, can, it should contain your heart. And God should be felt through the gift you give to this church. To the, to the thing you bring to this church, God's touch should be felt. It should be a means of grace. These gifts that my daughter and Karen gave to me, it was a means of grace. I felt His touch. And, and their gifts helped me along in my pilgrimage. I'm going to make all those points about the gifts God has given you to bring to this body. Okay? So that's why I wanted to, to make those points at the outset. This is our fourth message in the series on loving and serving one another. I'm going to keep saying this until I finish the series, maybe two more sermons. But I just want to keep giving you this information. It flowed out of 1 John. One of the, uh, one of the hallmarks of a, of a true Christian is that he will love the brethren. He will love the body of Christ. This is one of the true hallmarks of genuine conversion. And we don't just love the body in, 
In uh, word or tongue, we love it in deed and truth, according to 1 John. And not only that, we lay our lives down for the body of Christ. So these messages are flowing out of those admonitions from 1 John. Our first two messages, we just laid the foundation. How can we ever love like this? Remember, we started with Romans 11.33 with the O thing. You remember, uh, Paul had written a, 11 chapters of the most weighty, beautiful theology in all the Bible, and then he just worships God. He breaks out into doxology, and doxology always uh, finds its way into uh, serving the brethren. Okay, it has to start with worship. God is our fuel. God must be our fuel. We must have a genuine encounter with God, or we can't do this at all. We're just faking it. If we don't really know Christ, we don't really love Christ, we're just faking it. But Paul's had a genuine encounter with God. He breaks out into doxology. Doxology leads us into chapter 12, verse 1. Present your body a living sacrifice. Right? Which leads us into Romans, 12, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. So we have a genuine encounter with God. We end up in His Word. We have a genuine encounter again with Him in the Word. And that drives us to Romans 12, verse 3. We have humility before God and before our brethren. We don't think too highly of ourselves. We think as, uh, uh, as we ought to think. And so the fruit of a genuine encounter with God and a genuine encounter with, with the Word of God is humility, will always be humility. If you're understanding anything about the Word of God, it will drive you to humility. And this is what Paul's driving us to. Worship. Giving yourself up as a, as a living sacrifice. Being transformed by the Word of God. And being humble. And last week we talked about uh, being one in the body. This whole body metaphor. Right? We're to be one. In the body, and God has sovereignly placed each member in that body, and every every member is indispensable. Did you hear me say that? You're indispensable in the body. There's not one Christian that is dispensable. You need to give your gift here. You need to bring it here, and you need to use it here because you're supposed to give it to me, and I'm supposed to give you my gift, and you're supposed to give me your gift. We talked about the human body. Listen, friends, anytime you, anytime you look at the, the Scriptures, the New Testament Scriptures, and it talks about the gifts, it's always talking about the body. There's always this metaphor. They're always together. These gifts are like the body. There's inter, this interrelatedness uh, and connectedness and interdependency. Jesus said, when you do it to the least of my brothers, what? You do it to me. And i got to tell you, this, this highly motivates me. This is a compelling thought to me. I used this illustration last week. Some of you were here. You'll remember it. But I said, hey, man, when I go to Famagosta, I'm picking up Jesus, right? And uh, I had a woman. She emailed me from last week. She said, hey, Jim, I want to get in on picking up Jesus. So she's going to get in the rotation, right? Because when we do it to the least of our brethren, we're doing it unto Christ. And I just want you to get... Man, if you ever get that in your head, service will be something, service, and, uh, service to the body and loving the body will be something that you will look forward to and you will be, you will be on the lookout for. Let me just read, uh, Giuseppe read uh, the first couple of verses there. Let me read, let me pick up here at, okay, verse 4 is about the body. We're one in the body. 
we are individual members of the same body. Verse 6, And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service uh, in his serving, if uh, he teaches in his teaching, for he who exhorts in his exhortation, or he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And again, the body metaphor is always, when, when we're talking about the gifts, the body metaphor is always right there. It's always right there. So, <clears throat> my intent tonight is not to do an exhaustive uh, exposition of the gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament. That's not, my, that's not my intent. It's not my intent for you to walk out of here and know what your gift is. If you don't know what your gift is, that's not my goal tonight. <clears throat> you know, we talked about it last week. And this is another one of those pesky oxymorons that we've run into. A Christian without a ministry in the body of Christ is an oxymoron, according to the Bible. If you don't have a ministry in the body of Christ, this is a contradiction. It is an oxymoron. The Bible is crystal clear that we are all uniquely gifted by God, and He's called every one of us to use this gift. No exceptions. There's no indispensable Christians. And I just want to say, let me just go to 1 Corinthians 12, 4, 7. Listen to what it says. Now, there are varieties of gifts, varieties of ministries, variety of effects, but there's the same God who works in all. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Did you hear it? To each one. Not to a select few, not to the elite, but to each one a manifestation of the Spirit has been given. Ephesians 4.12, God says these gifts are for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, to the building up, of the body of Christ. Did you hear that, friend? You have a gift. Every one of you have a gift. And God has given it to you that you might equip the saints and build up the body of Christ. If you're a Christian today, if you profess to be a Christian today, you are supposed to be bringing your gift into this body for the common good. You're supposed to be bringing your gift into this body to equip and to build up this body. So as your pastor, I'm supposed to ask you these questions on occasion. I'm supposed to challenge you and I'm supposed to, to, to say, hey, examine your heart and examine your Christianity. Are you doing what God's Word says? Are you bringing your gift to the body of Christ? And are you building up the body and encouraging the body and equipping the body for the common good? Are you doing that? Friends, if you're not doing that, then you're in disobedience to God and I'm going to call you to repentance tonight. Okay, If you're not actively doing that, then you are in uh, just abject disobedience. This is what you're called to do. That's what you're called to do. To love and serve the body with the gift that God has given you. The heart needs the lungs. Everybody agree with that? The lungs need the liver, Right? The liver needs the brain, right? I mean, I could just go on and on and on and on and on. But I need Ivano. And Ivano needs Sarah. And Sarah needs John. You see, that's, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's how God has made it. That's how God has ordained it and ordered it in the body of Christ. Last week we talked about that fat cell. You remember that fat cell in that beggar in Madras, India? And she had that huge fat tumor uh, protruding from her side that was equal to her own body weight. And that tumor was starving her. 
It was sucking all the nutrition out of her body. You remember how that started? That tumor starts with one cell that is disobedient, that is disloyal, that is mutinous, and will not accept the instructions from the brain to give up it's one molecule of nutrition. That's all a fat cell is supposed to do. Store and give up. Store and give up. But this fat cell had become disloyal. And as it, as it multiplied and multiplied, it became a huge tumor. And it was just taking in and taking in and taking in. It was never giving out. And what do the doctors call this? Cancer. So friends, as a member of the body of Christ, are you obeying the brain? Are you obeying the head, which is Jesus? Are you obeying His instructions? You're supposed to be giving in this body. Whatever your gift is, you're supposed to be bringing it here and employing it here. Don't wait for me to ask you. Don't wait for Adam to ask you. Don't wait for anyone to ask you. You're to bring it and give it to build up the body. There's nothing more insignificant than a fat cell, but a fat cell that has gone mutinous can ultimately kill. It is called cancer in the human body. Okay, so just briefly, there are multiple lists of gifts in the Scriptures. Um, these are not identical lists. They, some overlap. Some include the same gifts. Some don't include the same gifts. This all leads me to conclude that these are not intended to be all-inclusive lists. These are broad categories of giftedness, okay? And so some of you will have um, a, a couple of these gifts. Some of you will have some blended gift that's in the middle. Uh, that's what these are. These are general categories of giftedness. These are not com this is not comprehensive. And I'll just give you the... the the scripture references where these gifts are listed, Romans 12, 6 through 8, you just heard me read. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 and 10 through 10. 1 Corinthians 12, 29 to 30. Ephesians 4, 11, which lists various offices in the church that imply gifts. Okay. Um, some, um, some have categorized these gifts in three ways, and it helps me just remember them. So this is the way I do it. It's not a perfect way to do it. You may have a better way to do it. But this is how I do it. Um, they're categorized in, uh, as sign gifts, speaking gifts, and service gifts. Okay, Sign gifts, speaking gifts, and service gifts. Uh, and I, I think this is a credible approach. It's not perfect, but I think it's credible. Sign gifts are healing and miracles, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now, some contend that... Uh, these sign gifts uh, passed away with the apostles, that it was only for the apostolic age, that these gifts were only for the apostolic age to attest and affirm the gospel with mighty power. Uh, a decent argument can be made for that. The only problem I have with that argument is it's not in the Bible. God never says, I've ceased these gifts. I've ceased to give these gifts to the church. God never says that. So I've got to go with God on that. I, I think you know me. Those of you who have been around long enough, you know I never put God in a box that He hasn't already put Himself into from Scripture. So I just want to make that point. And let me, just, let me, say to, let me add to it, I've never seen a sign healing. I've never seen a sign miracle. And I've never heard sign tongues. Okay? I, I never have. Now, uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14.22... 
that God, he, God says that the tongues are assigned to unbelievers. They're not assigned to believers. They're assigned to unbelievers. Okay? And I, I've never, in my, I've heard tongues, but I don't think I've ever heard a legitimate sign tongue. All right? Just want to pass that on to you. And I want you to understand I'm not a cessationist. Uh, that's just a big word that means I believe these gifts have ceased. I do not believe these gifts have ceased. I do not put God in a box. I do not put Him in a box. And let me just add one more point about these uh, sign gifts. I think uh, and a, a, a man's name comes right to my mind. I won't name him. But I think there are some in the world who, who seek to counterfeit these gifts to uh, draw men to themselves and to enrich themselves. And I want to say to you, that has to be a stench in the nostrils of God. That has to be a stench. You know, if, if someone has the, the gift of healing, man, you know, if someone has that gift, it's not to enrich himself, it's to, it's to heal the body of Christ. So I think there are many counterfeits in the world uh, today. My gift is for you and your gift is for me. It's not for sale. It's not for sale. It's to be used for the common good of the body. It's not to be used in pride and vanity and arrogance. It's to be used with great humility. It's the power of God. It's not the power of a man. Let me just briefly talk about the speaking gifts. The apostles, evangelists, prophecy, discerning of spirits, teaching, exhorting, wisdom, and knowledge. Okay? We know that obviously there are no more apostles. That was a finite group of men who walked with Christ and had direct revelation from Jesus. It includes the Apostle Paul. Uh, evangelism is simply effectively communicating the Gospel in such a way that men are converted. Prophecy is, is, has, has come to mean in the modern church uh, uh, a synonym for preaching. It's, it's just forth-telling the, the Word of God. It's heralding the Word. Okay? It doesn't particularly mean... It can mean uh, foretelling the future, but in the normative sense in the church, it means foretelling the truth. Okay? And that's what preachers do. Um, discernment of spirits. This is just a, a discernment of whether uh, you're hearing the truth or you're hearing a lie. You know, is that the truth being spoken or is that a lie being spoken? And of course, you have to be mighty in the Scriptures to, to know that. And then the rest are self-explanatory. Teaching, exhortation, sharing biblical wisdom and knowledge. The third category are the service gifts. And this is where many of us are fall. Many of us fall in here. All of us are going to have some of these gifts. Giving, leading, mercy, helps, administration, and service. Now, giving. We talked a lot about this in the spring. Uh, every Christian's called to give. Every single one's called to give. And if you're not giving, you're missing a blessing. You're missing the blessing of God. But every Christian is called to give systematically and sacrificially to the body of Christ. That's a non-negotiable command of God. Okay? But what we're talking about here in this gift of list are people who are willing to simply give almost all they have. Isn't that awesome? I love this. Financial martyrs for the Gospel of Christ. Oh, what a beautiful thing. I saw, uh, 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 mentioned this last week, but I saw, just very quickly, I saw a, uh, a missions conference. and uh, about a thousand people there, you know. It was one of those hardcore mission conferences. You know, they were calling people to go uh, w uh, witness to the cannibals and the headhunters. You know, men and women who are willing to be martyred for the gospel of Christ, right? And so they asked for ten martyrs to go. 
and take the gospel to where it's never been heard before. But then he asked, and I love this, I thought this was very creative. Then he asked for a hundred financial martyrs. I thought it was beautiful. And I told the morning congregation, I'm going to put a list on the table. If you'd like to be a financial martyr, just sign up. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But don't you love that thought? People who are willing to just simply be poured out financially for the gospel, for the gospel and the cause of, of Christ and for uh, lost souls in the world. I just love it. Leaders are supposed to lead. The merciful are supposed to show mercy. Helpers are supposed to help. And administrators are supposed to administrate. And servers, servers are supposed to serve. That's not hard, is it? And I love what John Piper says about this. He says, don't get all lathered up about trying to label and define your gift. If you don't know what your gift is, you're not supposed to be overly concerned about that. You're not supposed to be staring at your, you know, doing the, the navel gazing thing, trying to figure out what your gift is. You know what you're supposed to do? Piper says, don't get lathered up about trying to define your gift. Get lathered up about loving and serving the brethren. Because when you start loving and serving the brethren, you're going to find your gift. You will find it. You know how, you know when I found out I was, I was called to preach? I was preaching my first sermon. That's when I found out. I was asked to, to, uh, to bring a message to 300 men, and, and I was happy to do it. I'd taught Sunday school and stuff, you know, it was no big deal. And, and I thought, yeah, I'll do that. And, and uh, uh, while I was preaching the Word, I was hearing the Spirit of God say to me, this is why I made you. This is what I made you to do. This is what I want you to do for me. And I heard all this and I'm, I'm preaching to these men and, and I'm hearing God just talk to me. Friends, you'll find your gift when you start serving. That's when you'll find it. If you don't know what your gift is, some of you already know, some of you may not have a clue, you'll find it when you roll up your sleeves and you go to work. And you start loving the brethren and you start serving the church. That's when you'll find it. That's when you'll find your gift. And I want to say this. Preeminently, your gift is you. You're supposed to bring it to Jesus and give it to His body. You got that? If you need a label, I label it Giuseppe. Giuseppe's gift is Giuseppe. Jim's gift is, is Jim. Chan's gift is Chan. You're supposed to bring it to Jesus. What did Romans chapter 12 verse 1 say? Be, present your, your uh, body as a living sacrifice to Christ. We bring it to Jesus. We give it to Him. We love and we serve the body of Jesus Christ. Some of you that uh, maybe some of you know that I left out one of the gifts. Actually, I was so impressed. One of the guys in the morning congregation, he named the one I left out. Does anybody know which one I left out? Don't feel bad. I would have never gotten it myself. But uh, he just, he said, faith. You left out faith, Jim. Where's, you left out faith. It's in the gift. It's in the list of gifts. Now, we're not talking about faith for salvation. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about faith that particularly trusts and acts on the Word of God. You know, those, like the Mueller kind of guy, you know? Those kind of guys. Uh, guys that really, that really uh, can trust God. And, and really step out in faith. Guys like that, maybe guys like you, right? The life that, uh, whatever God's calling you to do. I got to tell you, I'll give you, I'll, I'll just say personally, faith is the most fun thing I've ever done, ever. 
It's the most fun thing I've ever done. And if you want more, if you want me to expound on that, I'll talk to you personally. It's the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. It's the best drug in the world. You know, maybe it's wrong to say that way, but it's the, let me say it this way. It's the best high in the world. Is that better? Because God comes. When you, when you exercise faith, God shows up and God works through you. Friends, it's awesome. And those of you who have stepped out in faith, those of you who have done this before, Giuseppe, can you help this guy? Sit, as what? Citron. A citron. You're supposed to say citron. Citron. Okay. All right. Very good. Where was I? Okay. Ah, uh, faith. You got to have faith, man. It greases the wheels of the machine of the church. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 12, verse 3. As God, we're supposed to do these things as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Verse 7. Uh, we're to do the, use these gifts in proportion to our faith. Faith turns natural abilities into spiritual abilities. You know, I've shared with the morning congregation, you know, I've sat in the, in the many, many church services and someone will get up and sing this beautiful song. They're obviously very talented. And I think to myself, Man, that's a great performance. That is a great performance. And then I've had people that maybe are not quite so naturally talented stand up and sing, and it's just God singing through them, man. It's just God coming through. And God's just ministering grace through this person. He's using that natural ability He gave to them because they've surrendered it to God in faith. And, he's, and, and they're just multiplying, or, or let me say, they're just um, communicating grace and love. The touch of God's coming through that song. There's a difference between performing and having natural ability. You know, we're not just merely natural do-gooders. We're born-again children of God. We're born-again children of God. And I'll go back to my example. Me becoming a preacher, man, it took a whole lot of faith. I was a mild-mannered accountant in business, right? It took a ton of faith. If I, had not had the, uh, if I had not believed God would be with me, I would still be doing debits and credits. I would have never had the, the, the uh, courage to, to become a preacher. If God's at work through your gift, it will be a means of grace. Now Paul, uh, as you look here, Paul in Romans chapter 12, this is not a seminar on gifts. He's not trying to explain all the gifts. He's not trying to help you find out what your gift is. What is Paul primarily doing here? Someone, does anybody have a clue what Paul he's primarily doing here? If you just read the last two verses, 7 and 8, it's easy to see. This is simply an exhortation. He said, hey man, if, if, you're, if, uh, if you're, you have the gift of prophecy, then do it. If you have the gift of serving, do it. If you're a teacher, teach. If you're an encourager, encourage. If you give, give liberally. And if, if you're a leader, lead diligently. And if... You have the gift of mercy. Do it with cheerfulness. This is an exhortation. You know, Paul doesn't, and, and God doesn't really uh, fully define all of these gifts. Every time they're listed, it's, it's in conjunction with an exhortation to love and serve the body of Christ. To love and serve the body of Christ. Paul says, just do it. Just do it. We're not to be navel gazers. Christians are not navel gazers. We are to obey God. And we are to roll up our sleeves and we are to go to work in the body of Christ. 
Every one of us, every one of you, let each of you, each of you use his gift as the word of God says. And this is why I started with the Jordan and Karen, those two great gifts I got, because all those essential elements were in there. It came from their heart. You know, it, it came from their heart. I could feel the touch of God and it was a means of grace to me and God was helping me along through those gifts and that's what your gift to this body is supposed to do. You know, we don't do it because we're, as I said, natural do-gooders. We don't do these things because um, it's, a, it's simply an obligation. It's supposed to come from uh, your heart and when you minister to someone in the body, they're supposed to feel that that it's coming from your heart, that they can feel God in it, and that it's a means of grace. God is touching them through you, and that it's helping them along in their walk with God. You're to be a conduit of love and grace. That's what you're supposed to do. That's your job description. If you claim to be a Christian tonight. And uh, Steve's here, and I couldn't help it, but I got this great email from Kelsey this week. I, I guess most of you may have gotten this. I think she probably sent it out to everybody. I'm not sure. But, you know, Kelsey and Steve had a pretty hard week this last week. And they had a lot of logistical issues with their kids. And Kelsey was, uh, she sent this to me. She was driving home one night. She was listening to Casting Crowns, that song, uh, We Are the Body. Do you know this song? It's a great, great song. And she says, I'm driving home and I'm listening to the Casting Crowns song. And uh, I was moved to tears. She says, everyone has been an example of God's love. So many have helped and offered to watch Avery as I was at the hospital, provide groceries, picking up Drew from school or the bus, watching him and keeping him overnight, providing meals, emails letting us know that we're being prayed for, countless calls and emails from people asking what they could do to help. It has been wonderful. I want to thank you. I have felt and seen the love of God. Friends, that's what it's supposed to be like in the church. <laughs> it's never not supposed to be like that. It's always supposed to be like that. And I want to say something to you. Hey, you need to let the body know if you've got a need. You need to let the body know. And I just love, I think that's beautiful what Kelsey. So, if you, want, if you want to label your gift tonight, your gift is yourself. It's, uh, it's you. Your gift is yourself. And you're supposed to give it to this body. You're supposed to present yourself a living sacrifice. That's what that means. <laughs> That's what that means. Your gift is yourself, and God is calling you to give it away. Let me close with 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we thank You for this great exhortation. We thank You that You have gifted each one of us and that we are indispensable in the body. Forgive us, Father, if we have only been taking and taking and taking and not, and not giving. Forgive us, Lord. We know, we know from Your Word that this is wrong. We know that this is, is disobedience. And if any of us in here are guilty of that, Lord God, we confess and repent. We don't want to be guilty of that. We need to bring our gifts to this body. We need to love this body. We need to serve this body. That's what you've called us to do. Every one of us is needful. Every one of us is important. 
Every gift is required for the body to function in a healthy way, to accomplish its purpose, and to, to, to have a, a healthy and vibrant life. Every member must work. Every member must bring his gift and offer it up freely to the body of Christ. Lord, teach us about these things. Drive these truths home so we understand what Jesus means. Whoever we serve in the body, we're serving Jesus Christ. And it's worthy of a reward from King Jesus. Lord, may we learn to think like that. May that be our first response when an opportunity for love and service presents itself. This is a chance to minister to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May we learn to think like that, Lord God. Thank You for this series. Thank You for this, uh, this exhortation. We pray in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.